0: Bug Jargol by Victor Hugo Chapter 31 Another scene in which the veiled obi was principal actor succeeded to this. The physician had taken the place of the priest, and the sorcerer now replaced the physician. "'Men, listen!' cried the obi, leaping with incredible agility upon the improvised altar, and sinking down with his legs crossed under his striped petticoat. "'Listen, men!' Let those who wish to read the Book of Fate approach. I can foretell the future. I have studied the science of the gypsies. A crowd of mulattoes and negroes hurriedly crowded up to him. One at a time, said the Obi, in that low voice which called to my mind something that I could not quite recollect. If you come all together, you will all enter the tomb together. They stopped. Just then, a colored man dressed in a white jacket and trousers, with a madras head-dress, after the manner of the rich planters, came close to Biasu. Consternation was depicted on his countenance. "'Well,' said the general, in a low voice, "'what is it? What is the matter, Rigo?' It was the mulatto chief of the assemblage at Ka a man who concealed much cunning under an appearance of candor, and cruelty beneath the mask of gentleness." I examined him with attention. General, said Rigaud, and he spoke very low, but I was close to Biasu and could hear. On the outskirts of the camp there is a messenger from Jean-Francois. Buckman has been killed in a battle with Monsieur de Tuzard, and the whites have his head as a trophy in their town. Is it only that, asked Biasu, his eyes sparkling with delight at learning the diminution of the number of chiefs and the consequent increase of his own importance. The emissary of Jean-Francois has another message for you. That is all right, replied Biasu. Abandon this air of alarm, my good Rigaud. But, said Rigaud, do you not fear, General, the effect that the death of Buckman will have on your army? You are not as simple as you appear, Rigaud, replied the chief. But you shall see what Biasu will do. Keep the messenger back for a quarter of an hour. Then he approached the obi, who, during this conversation, heard by me alone, had been exercising his functions as fortune-teller, questioning the wandering negroes, examining the lines on their hands and foreheads, and distributing more or less good luck according to the size and color of the piece of money thrown by each negro into a silver-gilt basin which stood at his feet. Biasu whispered a few words in his ear. The sorcerer, without making any reply, continued his prophetic observations. "'The one,' said he, "'who has in the middle of his forehead, on the ringle of the sun, a little square or triangular figure, will make a large fortune without work or toil. The figure of three interlaced S's on the forehead is a fatal sign. He who has it will certainly be drowned if he does not carefully avoid water. Four lines from the top of the nose and turning round two by two towards the eyes announce that you will be taken prisoner and for a long time remain a captive in the hands of a stranger. Here the obi paused. Friends, continued he, I have observed this sign in the forehead of Bugjargal, the brave chief of Morn Rouge. These words, which convinced me that Bugjargal had been made prisoner, were followed by a cry of grief from a band of Negroes who wore short scarlet breeches. They belonged to the band of Morn Rouge. Then the obi began again. If you have on the right side of the forehead, in the line of the moon, some figure which resembles a fork do not remain idle, and avoid dissipation of all kinds. A small mark is important. The Arabic cipher, three, on the line of the sun, betokens blows with a stick. An old Spanish negro here interrupted the magician, and he dragged himself, begging him to dress his wound. He had been wounded in the face, and one of his eyes, almost torn from the socket, hung bleeding the obi had forgotten him when going through his patience. Directly he saw him, he cried out, "'Round marks on the right side of the forehead on the line of the moon foretell misfortunes to the eyes.' "'Hombre,' said he to the miserable wounded man, "'this sign is very apparent on your forehead. Let me see your hand.' "'Alas, excellent sir,' answered the other. "'Look at my eye!' "'Veteran negro,' replied the obi, crossly. I have little need to see your eye. Your hand, I say. The miserable wretch gave his hand, moaning, my eye. Good, said the obi. If you see on the line of life a spot surrounded by a circle, you will become blind, because this figure announces the loss of an eye. There it is. There is the spot and the little circle. You will become blind. "'I am so already,' answered the negro piteously. But the obi, who was no longer a physician, had thrust him roughly aside, and continuing without paying any heed to the poor blind man, cried, "'Listen, men, if the seven lines on the forehead are slight, twisted, and lightly marked, they announce a short life. He who has between his eyebrows on the line of the moon the figure of two crossed arrows will be killed in battle.' If the line of life which intersects the hand has a cross at its junction, it foretells death on the scaffold. And here I must tell you, hermanos, said the Obi, interrupting himself, that one of the bravest defenders of our liberties, Buckman, has these three fatal marks. At these words, all the Negroes held their breath. Their immovable eyes fixed on the impostor, expressed that sort of attention which resembles stupor, with glances of stupid admiration. Only, continued the Obi, I cannot reconcile the two opposing signs, death on the battlefield and also on the scaffold. However, my science is infallible. He stopped and cast a meaning glance at Biasu. Biasu whispered something to one of his aide de camp an officer who had once quitted the cavern. A wrinkled and gaping mouth, continued the obi, turning on his audience a malicious glance. An insipid attitude, and arms hanging, and the left hand turned out, without defining the motive, announced natural stupidity, emptiness, and want of reasoning powers. Biasu gave a sneer of delight. At that moment, the aide-de-camp returned, bringing with him a negro covered with mud and dust, whose feet, wounded by the roots and flints, showed that he had just come off a long journey. This was the messenger Rigaud had announced. He held in one hand a sealed package, and in the other a document with the design of a flaming heart. In the middle was a monogram, composed of the letters M and N interlaced, no doubt intended as an emblem of the union of the free mulattoes and the negro slaves. At the side of this monogram, I could read this motto, Prejudice conquered, the rod of iron broken, long live the king. This document was a safe conduct given by Jean-Francois. The messenger presented it to Biasu, and after bowing profoundly, handed him the sealed paper. The general hastily tore it open and perused the contents, and put it in the pocket of his vest, and, crushing the other in his hands, cried in a sorrowful voice, "'People of the King!' the Negroes bowed respectfully. "'People of the King! This is a dispatch to Jean Biasu, Generalissimo of the Conquered States, Brigadier General of His Catholic Majesty, from Jean-Francois, Grand Admiral of France,' lieutenant-general of the army of the King of Spain and the Indies. Buckman, chief of the 120 Negroes of the Blue Mountain, of Jamaica, recognized independence by the governor-general of Belcombe, Buckman has just fallen in the glorious struggle of liberty and humanity against tyranny and barbarism. This generous chief has been slain in an action with the white brigands of the infamous Touzard the monsters have cut off his head, and have announced their intention of exposing it on a scaffold in the main square of the town of Cap. Vengeance! A gloomy silence succeeded the reading of this dispatch, but the Obi leaped on his altar, and waving his white wand, exclaimed in accents of triumph, Solomon, Zorobabel, Eleazar Taleb, Cardan, Judas Bowderich, Averroes, Albert the Great, Bohabdil, Jean de Hagen, Anna Baraccio, Daniel Agramoff, Rachel Flintz, Al Tornino, I give you thanks. The science of the prophets has not deceived me. Sons, friends, brothers, boys, children, mothers, all of you listen to me. What I predicted The marks on the forehead of Buckman announced that his life would be a short one, that he would die in battle. The marks on his hand "'that he would appear on the scaffold. "'The revelations of my art have come true, "'and the events arranged themselves to be executed "'in a way which we could not make them agree. "'The death on the field of battle and the scaffold. "'Brethren, admire!' "'The panic of the Negroes changed during this discourse "'to a sort of admiring terror. "'They listened to the Obi with confidence mingled with fear.' whilst the latter, carried away by his own enthusiasm, walked up and down the sugar cane, the surface of which offered enough space for his short steps. biassou sneered. He addressed the obi. "'Your reverence, since you know what is to come, it would please us if you will read what is to become of our future, that of Jean biassou Mariscal de Campo.' The obi, standing on top of his strange altar, which the credulity of the Negroes looked upon as something divine, said to the Mariscal de Campo, "'Come, Your Excellency.' At this moment the Obi was the most important man in the army. The military power bowed to the spiritual. Biasu approached. I could see some anger in his eyes. "'Your hand, General,' said the Obi, stooping to kiss it in order to grasp it. "'I begin.' The line of junction, equally marked in its full length, promises you riches and happiness. The line of life, long and strongly developed, announces a life exempt from ills and a happy old age. Narrow it, shows your wisdom and your superior talents, the generosity of your heart. Lastly, I see what chiromancers call the luckiest of all signs— a number of little wrinkles in the shape of a tree, with its branches extending upwards. It promises wealth and grandeur. The line of health, very long, confirms the signs of the line of life. It indicates courage also. Bending back towards the little finger, it forms a kind of hook. General, this is the sign of wholesome severity. At this word, the brilliant eyes of the little Obi glanced at me through the apertures of his veil, and I remarked at another time a well-known accent hidden under the habitual gravity of his voice. He continued with the same gestures and intonation. Marked with the line of health, small circles announce that you will have to order a number of executions. It is divided toward the middle to form a half-circle, Which shows that you will be exposed to great danger from ferocious beasts, that is to say, from the whites, if you do not exterminate them. The line of fortune, surrounded, like the line of life, by little branches rising towards the upper part of the hand, confirms the position of power and supremacy to which you have been called. Turning to the right and slender in the upper part, announces the talent of governing. The fifth line, That of the triangle, prolonged to the root of the middle finger, promises you success in all your undertakings. Let me see your fingers. The thumb, marked with little lines from the nail to the joint, shows that you will receive a noble heritage. That of the glory of Buckman, no doubt, added the obi, in a loud voice. The slight swelling at the root of the forefinger is lightly marked with lines. Honors and dignities. The middle finger shows nothing. Your little finger is covered with lines crossing each other. You will vanquish all your enemies. You will dominate over your rivals. These lines form the cross of St. Andrew, a mark of genius and foresight. The joint which unites the little finger to the hand offers tortuous wrinkles. Fortune will load you with favors. I also notice the figure of a circle another token of your arrival at the highest power and dignity. "'Happy the man,' says Eleazar Taleb, who possesses all these signs. "'Destiny marks him with prosperity, and his fortunate star announces the talent which will bring him glory. "'Now, General, let me look at your forehead.' "'He,' says Rachel Flintz, the Bohemian, who bears on his forehead, on the line of the sun,' a square or a triangular mark, will make a great fortune. Here it is, very pronounced. If the mark is on the right, it refers to an important succession. Always that of Buckman. The mark in the shape of a horseshoe between the eyebrows under the line of the moon means that prompt vengeance will be taken for an insult and tyranny. I have this mark, you have it also." The curious manner in which the obi uttered these words, "'I have this mark,' attracted my attention. "'We notice it,' added he in the same tone, "'with the brave men who meditate a revolt "'and break their servitude in a combat. "'The lion's claw which you have imprinted above your eyebrows "'shows undoubted courage. "'Finally, General Jean Biasu, "'your forehead shows every sign of success.' It is a combination of lines which form the letter M, the commencement of the name of the Virgin. In whatever part of the forehead, and in whatever line of the face such a sign appears, the signification is the same—genius, glory, and power. He who bears it will always bring success to whatever cause he embraces, and those under his command will never have to regret any loss. He alone is worth all the soldiers of his army." You, general, are elected by fate. Gracias, your reverence, said Biasu, preparing to return to his mahogany throne. Stay a moment, general, said the obi. I forgot one last sign. The line of the sun, so strongly marked on your forehead, proves that you understand the way of the world, that you possess the wish to make others happy, that you have much liberality and like to do things in a magnificent manner." Biasu understood that forgetfulness comes to him more often than to the obi. He drew from his pocket a heavy purse, and threw it into the silver plate, so as to prove that the line of the sun never lied. Meanwhile, this miraculous horoscope of the generals had produced its effect upon the army. All the insurgents who, since the news of the death of Buckman, attached greater weight than ever to the words of the obi, lost their feelings of uneasiness, and became violently enthusiastic, and trusting blindly in their infallible sorcerer and their predestined chief, began to shout, "'Long live our Obi! Long live Biasu!' The Obi and Biasu glanced at each other, and I almost thought I could hear the stifled laugh of the Obi answer the sardonic chuckle of the general. I do not know why this Obi tormented my thoughts." I had a feeling that I had seen or heard someone who resembled this strange being. I made up my mind to speak to him. "'Mr. Obi, Signor Cura, your reverence, bon père, good father,' cried I to him. He turned sharply around. "'There is someone here whose lot you have not yet cast. It is mine.' He crossed his arms over the silver sun that covered his hairy breast, but he made no reply. I continued, I would gladly know what you prophesy with regard to my future, but your worthy comrades have taken my watch and my purse, and you will not give me a specimen of your skill, gratis. He advanced quickly to me and muttered hoarsely in my ear, You deceive yourself. Let me see your hand. I gave it looking fixedly at him. His eyes sparkled. He pretended to examine my hand. If the line of life, said he, is cut by two traverse lines, death will be next. If the line of health is not in the center of the hand, and if there is only the line of fortune united so as to form an angle, we ought not to look for a natural death. Do not, therefore, Look for a natural death. If the bottom of the forefinger has a long line cutting it, a violent death will be the result. Do you hear? Prepare yourself for a violent death. There was a ring of pleasure in this sepulchral voice which announced my death, but I listened to him with contempt and indifference. Sorcerer, said I, with a disdainful smile, you are skillful. "'for your speaking of a certainty. "'Once more he came closer to me. "'You doubt my science? "'Ah, well, listen once more. "'The severance of the line of the sun on your forehead "'shows me that you take an enemy for a friend, "'and a friend for an enemy. "'These words seem to refer to the treacherous Pierrot, "'whom I loved, but who had betrayed me, "'and to the faithful Habibra, who I had hated.' and whose blood-stained garments attested his fidelity to his devotion. "'What do you say?' I exclaimed. "'Listen until the end,' continued the Obi. "'I spoke of the future. Here is the past. "'The line of the moon on your forehead is slightly curved. "'This signifies that your wife has been carried off.' "'I trembled and endeavored to spring from my seat, "'but my guards held me back.' You are not patient, continued the sorcerer. Listen to the end. The little cross that cuts the extremity of that curve shows me all. Your wife was carried off on the very night of your nuptials. Wretch!" cried I. You know where she is. Who are you? I strove again to free myself and to tear away his veil. But I had to yield to numbers and to force and I saw with rage the mysterious Obi move away, repeating, Do you believe me now? Prepare thyself for death.